are in week two of our series, Pursuit. And so if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4. But before we get into that, I want to look to the camera. I want to welcome everyone that's joining us online. What we have discovered is that before people step foot in our doors, they're usually watching us online. And so could we just welcome our online community? We... Uh, we are grateful for technology, but we believe that if you are physically able, there's no better place to be than in the house. And so, uh, again, I'm glad that you are here. So, 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4. Uh, let me set the story up for you just a little bit. What we are reading is about this prophet of God named Elisha. Now, during this time period... God would speak through the prophets for the people. And so, uh, so prophets were held to a high esteem uh, during this time period. And so this prophet Elijah, he would go to this one town and uh, he would go there so frequently that this husband and wife, they said, hey, you know what? You're here all the time. We might as well just, we, we got a big house. We'll, we'll give you a room so that when you come into town, you don't have to worry where you're going to sleep, where you're going to eat. Like, we got you. And so they, they, they created a room for the prophet Elisha. And uh, so, so the prophet Elisha, he was so grateful. He asked this couple, he said, hey, what can I do? I'm so thankful. Like, is there anything that I can do for you? And they respond, we don't need anything. We have everything that we need. And so that sets up what we're about to read in uh, verse 14. And it says this, after she left, Elisha asked Gehazi, his assistant, what can we do for her? Gehazi said, she doesn't have a son and her husband is old. Then Elijah said, bring her here again. So he did. She stood in the doorway, verse 16. You will hold the son in your arms, Elisha said. It will be about this time next year. No, my master, she objected. You are a man of God, so please don't lie to me. I want to pause and, and I want to point out this what she said right there is very, it, it lays the foundation of this idea that this woman is a woman of faith. That she believes so much that if God speaks it, it's going to come to pass. And so uh, verse 17, but the woman became pregnant. Look at that. She had a baby boy. It happened the next year about the same time. That's exactly what Elisha had told her would happen. So this morning, if you're taking notes, I want to talk to you from this subject. When my faith needs faith. When my faith needs faith. Let's pray one more time. Father, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for this opportunity that we have to be here together as a community. Lord, uh, right now, you know what each and every one of us needs to hear, what we came here expecting to hear. God, you know that I can't do that, but I know you can, Holy Spirit. So right now, I just acknowledge you. We acknowledge you as our guest of honor. We say, do what only you can do. We want to leave here changed. We want to leave here better. Not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world around us. God, we love you so much. In Jesus' name. Come on, everyone say it. Amen. Amen. I'll drink to that. So right next door is Rebounders and... Uh, few years back, I took my kids to Rebounders. They really wanted to check out this foam pit. Now, if you've never been to Rebounders, it's a, there's this one giant pit that's full of foam 
blocks. And, and my son in particular was very, he, he was looking forward to, to jumping into that pit. And so we went to the line, we were waiting in line and we saw all these little kids just jumping into the foam pit, looking like they're having the time of their lives. And so my son's getting excited. I'm getting excited because my son's getting excited. And, and finally it's our turn and we're at we're at the edge of, of the, the pit and my son, is he looks at me for approval. I'm like, you can do this, buddy. And he jumps in. And it's crazy because almost instantly his face went from to, you know, like he, 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 he got stuck in there. He, he didn't realize that, that it's hard to, to maneuver yourself. But he didn't have to worry, everybody, because his daddy was there. And uh, I was like, I'm going to rescue my son right now. And so I'm just, in my head, I'm thinking I'm going to jump in there. I'm going to pull my son out. He's going to look at me. He's going to be like, Dad, you're my hero. <laughs> and so it's playing out in my head. I'm like, I'm coming, son. And I'm like, Rah! and I jump right down, right? I jump into the pit. That hurt. <laughs> and and, uh, and I jump in the pit. And what I did not realize in the moment is that the more you weigh, the harder it is to get out of that thing. And so I'm trying to press out of those foam blocks, but the more that I'm moving, like I'm sinking. And, uh, and so now not only is my son in the foam pit, has no idea what's happening, his rescuer is now in the foam pit trying to get himself out. And it was just, it was a debacle. And I remember like, so I'm like, I'm trying to free myself out. That's how I look. I'm like, I'm trying to free myself. And my son's trying to free himself. And then a rope, I see a rope. It's like, whoop. And I turn around and it's like this 16 year old kid who's like, I'll help you, sir. He worked it. And I'm like, shut up. Like, give me the rope. You know? So, so I pulled myself and uh, man, I was so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed just that whatever took place there. And uh, part of the reason why I was so embarrassed was because what I expected the outcome to be didn't come to pass. Like what I was thinking and what I was hoping for would happen, it just didn't happen that way. And I began thinking about this idea of being disappointed. And uh, specifically within the realm of faith. And uh, I, I begin to wonder like how, how easy it is for our faith to lose faith. Or if I can say it a different way, how easy it is for our faith to fade. Now, if we're honest, the idea, the concept of faith in God for something, it's a brilliant idea. In fact, in fact, when we first start off having faith in God for something, I don't know about you, but I'm full of faith. So when I feel like, God, I have faith that you're gonna do this, Ooh, my, my, my faith is bold. My faith is like, it's strong. And it's I, like, my faith is so good when it first starts off. But oh, how easy it is when my faith begins to fade. How easy it is to, to, to just have doubt. And then fear of what is happening. When my faith, begins to lose faith. And so this morning, I, I want us to talk about 
this idea of like, what do we do? What do we do when our faith is fading? What do we do when our faith needs faith? Because I believe that every person in this room and those that are watching us online, that you can all resonate with this idea of your faith starting off strong. But then when God doesn't answer your prayer in the way that you want him to, in the timing that you want him to, that if you're like me, your faith begins to fade a bit. And so I want us to talk about how do we posture ourselves so that our faith remains good through the ups and through the downs. And so we're going to do that by looking at the story that we read in 2 Kings chapter 4. Now, uh, it's, it's a woman who had so much faith, but as we're about to read, her faith hits a speed bump. Her faith starts off strong, but then is given an opportunity to decide how her faith is going to respond in the face of adversity. And so we're going to pick up at verse 18 in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 18. It says this, the child grew, praise God. One day he went out to get his father. His father was with the people who were gathering the crops. The boy said to his father, my head hurts. It really hurts. His father told a servant, carry him to his mother. The servant lifted up the boy. He carried him to his mother. The boy sat on her lap until noon. Then he died. Plot twist, everybody. So, so here's what's taking place. This lady who we know is full of faith. Remember, she, she, she said, no, she's, and in verse 16, she told Elisha, no, don't say that unless you really mean it. You're a man of God. What God says will come to pass. So she had faith. And so she had so much faith that, 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 that God now gave her that little boy that he talked about. And so she has, she has this boy. And I want to submit to you that this boy is the fruit of her faith. In fact, when you look at your faith as a seed, your, your faith should produce some fruit. That's the goal. And so, so, so this, this lady, this, this woman, she, she has the son. The son is the fruit of her faith. And he grows. One day, he's hanging out with his daddy. He has a, he has a I was going to say hangover. He has a headache. No hangover, it's a headache. He has a headache. He's like, Daddy, I got a headache. He's like, go to your mom, <laughs> you know? And so he goes to the mom and he's sitting on the mom's lap as we write in the text. And all of a sudden he just passed away right there. Now, I, I don't know about you, but there, there is a difference between having faith for something and never seeing it come to pass and having faith in something, being able to enjoy and experience it, and then all of a sudden, it's gone. And so this mom, she, she had to decide how is she going to respond to this situation? Because she's a woman of faith who now was challenged with a situation of, of how she's going to respond in the moment. And so what we're going to do, I'm going to give you four Things that, that, that when you think your faith is fading, when you feel like your faith needs faith, I'm going to give you four things to remind yourself in those moments. And they're all going to be based off of what this 
the story of this mom and, and the journey that she goes through. So four things to remind myself when my faith is fading. Number one, first thing I got to remind myself is this, that God can handle my disappointments. God can handle my disappointments. Verse 21, it says, the mom, she went up to the room on the roof. There she laid him on the bed of the man of God. Then she shut the door and went out. So verse 20, she's holding the baby, her son. Son has a headache. The son dies. Very next verse, it says she brought this her son to the man of God, the prophet Elisha's room. She places her son on the prophet Elisha's bed. She goes, she shuts the door and, and walks away. And I find this so fascinating because I don't know how you respond when you're full of disappointment. But whenever I'm full of disappointment, I look at God and I'm like, fine, you wanna play that way? Give me this. And I, like disappointment, like things like this, I, it always causes me to move further away from God. When, when God doesn't show up in the way that I want him to show up, when he, doesn't, when he doesn't respond in the way that I want him to respond, I, I get frustrated. I get frustrated. God, you said, God, you, you, you told me this. What are you doing? But what's interesting is that in this story, this lady, this mama, she, she didn't, this, this situation, it didn't pull her away from God, but it brought her towards. She, listen, this mama, she could have placed her little boy anywhere. Her response could have been anything. Her response could have been to cry, to mourn. Her response could have been to take a little, she could have placed her son on the couch, on her bed, but she took her faith seed, placed him on the man of God's bed, the prophet, the voice for God, on his bed. And she's like, you know what, God? You deal with it. What would it look like if I had that posture that when things aren't happening in the speed that I'm wanting it to, what, it, what would happen if rather than me going away from God, like I go to God, and that, that thing that I'm having faith for God to do, if I just place it at God's feet and I'm like, here, God, you, you put that desire in my heart. You deal with it. And just walk away. Like, I have to understand that, that God can handle my disappointments. God can handle, hello? God can handle my disappointments. God can handle my situations. God can handle what I'm going through, God, listen, everybody, God is not fragile. We got to stop acting like God's a little fragile China doll. That we're like, I don't want to scare you, God, with my problems. No, like I can say, God, here it is. She said, she took her son, placed him down and said, God, here, do your thing. And then she left. She shut the door. And I need to learn to place, place my, the thing that, the, the, the faith that I have for something, I need to learn to place it and just walk away and say, God, you deal with it. I'm, I'm over here now. Yeah. 
So two, four things that we're reminding ourselves. The first one, God can handle my disappointments. Number two, situations can't determine God's role. Situations can't determine God's role. Uh, verse 22, she sent for her husband. She said, please send me one of your servants and a donkey. Then I can go quickly to see the man of God and return. So the text says that once she placed her son on the prophet uh, Elisha's bed, she left. Then she went to her husband and she's like, husband, I need a donkey and I need a servant. I'm about to seek out the man of God. And what I have to realize is that in my seasons of disappointment, I can't allow my disappointment to shape God's role in my life. I have to, there has to be a consistency of how I see God in the good and in the bad. I, I can't allow my seasons and my situations to determine who God is, what he can do. As a matter of fact, I got to begin to tell my seasons and my situations how powerful my God is. I have to know who I'm allowing to dictate my situation. And she said, I'm going to seek out this guy, Elijah, the prophet Elijah. And so she, she, she shut the door. She, she's like, God, here you go. But notice that she still pursued God in the moment. The man of God. Like in, in, in these moments when my faith seems like it's fading, I have to continue to pursue God, to seek after God. And I have to see him in the right manner. I got to see him in, in the, the lens, in the eyes of faith. I can't allow my situations to dictate. In fact, uh, I, I got to get to the place where, where I see God. Where I, excuse me, let me say it this way. Where I can't, I got to begin to see through the lens of faith. Let me say it that way. I got to see through the lens of faith who God is. So even if I'm sick, God, I still believe you're my healer. Even when I'm broke, God, I still believe you're my provider. God, even when life is rough, I still believe, God, you're my hope. And so we're, we're, we got to get to this place where we're building our faith. Like our situations cannot determine who, who's, uh, can't determine God's role in our life. Number three, we're looking at four things to remind myself when my faith is fading. Number three, I got to guard myself from faith poachers. I got to guard myself from faith poachers. Verse 23 says this, why do you want to go to him today? This is the husband. He asked the wife, it isn't the time for the new moon feast. It isn't the Sabbath day. Don't let that bother you, she said. So here's the progression of what's happening. She's, uh, she, she gives uh, the, the boy to God. She goes to her husband. She's like, hey, I'm going to go seek out God. I need a servant. I need a donkey. And then, and then her husband, her husband's like, um, hey, so you know what? Like, I think, I think you should probably like leave him alone. He's too busy. He, he's too busy for, for what you're going through. And, and he, he, I want to submit this idea to you. 
that the husband had already accepted the situation. That the husband already accepted that, that the fruit of their faith is already, is already dead, is already gone. And he's actually, he may not even mean it, but he's actually sowing doubt in her as well. And here's what I, I, I want us to, to, to rally around this idea, that we have to stop putting ourselves next to people with small faith. And it's more than likely, a lot of the times, these people are people who are close to you. Like everybody, this was her husband. It was her husband who was like, you don't want to bother the prophet Elisha. Her husband. So, so this, this, like she had to, she had to learn and to say like, no, you know what? And she actually said that in the verse. She's like, okay, that's fine. You, whatever. Just, I'm going to go. She, she had to, she had to shake off that, 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 that faith, the lack of faith that her, that her husband had in that moment. We have to get to that place where, where we can shake that off. We can shake off those, those people who are trying to say like, I don't know, man, like, will God really do that? Is God's too, God's too busy for that. Don't. So, and they, and they don't, maybe they don't even mean to. Maybe they don't even mean to. But this thought of, man, I got to stop surrounding myself with small faith people. I got to surround myself with people who have big faith. I got to surround myself with people who, who have faith that can lift me up and that can encourage me and, and that can, that, that can encourage me to keep going and to keep pressing forward and to not give up. I got to guard myself from faith poachers. And then the last and final one, and the band can come up right now. We're going to land this ship. Is this my words matter? The fourth and final thing that I have to remind myself is that my words matter. Verse 25. So she started out. She came to Mount Carmel. That's where the man of God was. When she was still a long way off, he saw her coming. He said to his servant Gehazi, look, there's the woman from Shunem. Run out there to meet her. Ask her, are you all right? Is your husband all right? Is your child all right? Here's her response. Everything is all right. Okay, so so here, here, here they are. Uh, she's like, she goes to her husband. I'm about to go to the prophet Elijah. He's like, don't do it. She's like, whatever, forget you. And she goes, she goes, everybody. And she's going and Elisha, the prophet, he sees her and he sends his assistant, Gehazi. He's like, hey, Gehazi, uh, go see what she needs. And so Gehazi, he goes up to her and uh, he, he says, uh, hey, how's your family? How's your, how's your husband? How, how's your kid? And her response is bizarre because her response is, everything is fine. Now we know she's lying. <laughs> everything is not fine. But what I want us to see are that your words matter. She said, she said, everything is fine. And then the text says that she bypasses Gehazi 
And when she gets to the prophet of God, Elisha, it says that she falls down to his feet. And this is important. She knew where the miracle, the healing would come from. She knew that by, by, by falling to her knees. And what she was doing with telling Gehazi everything is fine is that she was aligning her words to her expectation. I have to learn to align my words to my expectation. And here's the, here's the best part about this is that she's a... When Gehazi is saying, uh, hey, is everything okay? Let me know. Can, can I do anything? What, what do you need? Everything's fine. But what's really happening is she's like, I'm bypassing man and going straight to God. And it got me thinking, how many of us fall guilty to the idea that we pursue man more than we do God. And so we, we're like, we, we're like, man, hey, hey, do you need, and listen, we love, we wanna pray for you. We love praying for people. But sometimes I think we, we, we try to get prayer from people more than we try to battle ourselves on our knees at God. And so she, she's like, I'm fine, everything is okay, but it's not really God. She's down on her knees, crying, because she understood that it's not this guy that's going to make the difference. It's this guy that's gonna make the difference. And so she tells Elijah what's going on, and, I love this part. Elisha, he's like, okay, let's go. Let's go see what's going on. So they walk back to her house. And uh, they, they, she brings him upstairs. Because remember, she placed, she placed, she's like, here. She knew what she was doing. I love that. She knew what she was doing. So she placed, she, she, she brings Elijah up to his bed. And, and there's her son lying there. The fruit of her faith. The thing she had so much faith for. And Elisha's like, hey, just give me the room. And I'm going to tell you what the text is next. It sounds a little weird, but just go with it. Elijah's up there by himself. The, the, the scripture says that Elisha, he lays himself on top of the boy. And begins to breathe. And then, she, and then he gets up. And the text is funny because it says that he gets up and then he starts walking around the room. We don't know what he's doing, but he, he does something where he's walking back and forth. And then a second time, he, he, he lays himself on top of the little boy. And it says, the scripture says that this, this, the next time he did, he did this, that his, the little boy's body became warm. And then, I love this, that it says that the little boy sat up and he sneezed. 
He didn't sneeze one time. He didn't sneeze three times. But the text says that he sneezed seven times. And that number seven is significant in the Bible because that number signifies completed, completeness. It signifies I'm done. It's over. You don't have to worry anymore. And so what was once dead is now alive. Because this mom, she was willing. She understood that when her faith was fading, she needed to add faith to her faith. And so this morning, what, what the, why I'm telling you this and, and we're going to end is, is because for some of you this morning, I feel like as I was prepping this message that there's some of us who, who were at this place where we're holding this thing that we thought God was going to do. And it just seems lifeless. It seems hopeless. You're like, God, are you still there? Are you still going to do what you said you were going to do? And I feel like God, as I was preparing this message, was saying, I'm breathing life into your situation. I'm breathing life into that thing that you thought was dead. I'm breathing life into that thing that you thought there was no more hope in. That I'm completing it. I'm finishing it. Because I know how to respond when my faith is fading. Amen, somebody?